time for the Phenology Show. Phenology is the rhythmic biological nature of events as they relate to climate. And we are in a remarkably warm period uh, for this time of year. Typically, uh, as Tornado Bob has told us in the past, the coldest probably two weeks of the year run from about the last week of January to the end of the first week of February. Now, here we are at the end of the first week of February, and we're about to hit some pretty darn nice warm weather, which is likely to spur on a couple of events. And one of those events uh, will be uh, more activity by pileated woodpeckers down at the base of trees. And my good friend Ann was out uh, doing her usual uh, ga- data gathering up in the bogs, and uh, and she reported seeing an excavation at the base of a balsam. And I went back in my records to check out when this sort of behavior occurs. And uh, the first notes I found about pileated woodpeckers and and chopping into the base of trees. Now, what you're going to see is large holes, holes that are going to be, oh, four or five inches tall, uh, several inches deep, and maybe two or three inches wide, and a lot of debris, a lot of broken, chipped wood laying on the ground. The woodpeckers can smell and hear ants in those trees. And usually they're carpenter ants and usually they're right at ground level where they first begin to get active or where they maybe have gotten cold and are, are inactive but are, are close to the surface where the woodpeckers can get at them. They begin to chop their way in and you and I will see these holes at the base. So the first time I ever noted this was on February 10th, 1993. And then uh, my next notes came on uh, March 7th, 2005, March 26th in 09, March 15th in 10, February 14th, Valentine's Day in 2011. In 2012, it was February 13th. In 2013, February 11th. In 2015, February 9th. In 2016, it wasn't until the 3rd of March that I saw them in 16. Uh, the earliest I've ever recorded them was the first, or January 29th, 2017. And then two years later, March 25th and 19, uh, February 4th and 21, February, or March 7th last year. And this year, February 1st. So this was the second earliest report of pileated woodpecker activity where they're going in after the ants. So if you're out skiing or hiking, snowshoeing, uh, maybe you're just walking down your driveway. Uh, That observation uh, from February 10th, 93, I was uh, recounting that to my son Martin, and he remembered clearly uh, that the the woodpeckers in that case had uh, chopped into a tamarack. And we found chips of, of wood knocked out of that tamarack that were two, two and a half inches long, uh, a quarter inch wide and a half inch deep. And those gargantuan chunks of tamarack knocked out of that tree gave, uh, gave a lot of credence to the fact that the pileated woodpecker is a pretty strong animal because 
If you were given a good sharp axe and told to go chop down a tamarack tree, you'd have your work cut out for you. That's hard, resinous wood, and it doesn't give way easily. And yet here, the pileated woodpecker is just knocking these giant chunks out. It was amazing. So watch for that. If you see it, well, you might want to report it. Um, the One of the other things that, that I, I was talking about a week ago about uh, occurring in February is the um, the return of the skunk. And with this warm weather coming at us, I would be really, really surprised if, uh, if somebody this week doesn't have uh, a skunk smell in their neighborhood. The skunk, the male skunks come out. They're looking for the females. They, uh, they find them. They mate. Uh, the males then are driven off or returned to their dens. And uh, the whole process involves uh, travel. And uh, if you were short-legged like a skunk, you wouldn't walk in the deep snow if you didn't have to. So, uh, so they don't. And, uh, of course, the, the non-deep snow are plowed roads and sidewalks. And <clears throat> it doesn't take long for, uh, for skunks and cars to come into uh, contact with one another on the uh, on the highway so i would suspect with the warm weather and uh, and the nature of skunks that sometime this w- next week somebody will be reporting uh the smell of a skunk uh, the bald eagles uh returned to the nest this past week on uh, on what was it uh wednesday or no thursday last week uh both birds were flying around the nest uh one stopped and and uh and landed on the nest probably checking it out february marks the month where they begin to uh, restructure bring in more sticks if you have a an eagle's nest near your home keep an eye on it this is uh this is sometime during this month those birds are going to start bringing sticks in, and then right at the end of the month or the first part of March, they're going to start bringing in hay or, or grass. And that's kind of what the last thing they do before they actually start laying their eggs, which will happen, oh, around the end of the first week in March. So if you're lucky enough to have a bald eagle's nest near you, keep an eye on it. And remember, bald eagles' nests usually are found in trees, and osprey nests usually are found at the top of power poles. So if the nest is sitting on top of a power pole, it's probably an osprey nest, and you wouldn't expect any activity there until mid-April. That's when the ospreys will return. But the bald eagles are... Well, they're practically here year-round, and and uh, those that have nests in the area will certainly be checking them out in the next few days. I was out walking the other day and uh, down along the edge of the lake, and uh, all of a sudden a grouse jumped up out of the snow right next to me, and of course, it took me a second or two to kind of figure out what was going on there. Well, I took about four more steps, and... Ultimately, there were seven grouse in the area, and they were all within probably 20 or 30 feet of one another. And I don't know what brought them all together there. Uh, Sunshine, maybe. They were on the edge of the lake, and the sun was good there. 
But man, there were, uh, you know, one got up and then another and then another and then another and then another. And I was just kind of like, oh, my God, how many are there? One, two, three, four, five. Well, that makes six. And the one I jumped up earlier, that's seven. So, yeah, it was pretty astonishing. There were grouse flying everywhere. It's probably a good thing I didn't have a shotgun. I probably would have ended up shooting a popple tree or my dog or something because they were they were bursting out of the snow everywhere. Pretty exciting. Nice to see a good population of grouse getting through the winter. It's a good winter for them. You know, with all that deep snow, they don't have any trouble staying warm, and there's plenty of things out there for them to eat. They're well adapted to this climate, so they're doing fine. Uh, you know, I I was out doing some snowshoeing this past week i've got a i've got a female aspen that i check on part of my nature's notebook phenology work and this is the time of year when those aspens begin to break bud the flowers begin to open up uh you've heard me talk about the one that's down by my mailbox that has been i've had open flowers on it since the first of january uh these the the female and the one in my yard are more patterned and I wouldn't expect them to really start showing any signs of uh, of budding until maybe the middle of this month and that's the case but I walked way back into the woods to get to this female it's not way back it's it's like a half a mile from my house but uh, snowshoeing in in that deep snow is a good exercise <laughs> That's all I'll say about snowshoeing. But the one thing I did, I stopped. I I'm, I get out into the field, and I can see my aspen, you know, 200 yards away. And, uh, and I look at it, and I think, what's the absolute shortest track to get to that? Well, if I go up to that fence post and then bear a little bit to the left, I'll be there. So I snowshoed my way up to the fence post and took a break and then uh, wandered off and got a look at the the aspen and she's doing just fine. She's looking good and healthy, but she certainly didn't have any furry buds on her yet. Uh, On the way back, I got to that same corner by the fence post there and I stopped and this is out in the middle of an open field and I looked at the base of the post, and I looked at the fence, which was that uh, mesh fence like you'd have for uh, sheep or pigs. It wasn't the stranded fence like cows or horses, but, uh, you know, the the two-inch by four-inch square uh, wire. And, and where that wire came in contact with the snow, you could see that, that the snow was melting away. And on the metal fence posts, the snow was starting to melt away. Not a lot. It was subtle, but you could definitely see that there was melting taking place. And the same was true of this 4 by 6 uh, corner post that that was holding up the corner of the fence there. And that had a lot of uh, melting ar- around the base. It was a dark, dark gray. And compared to the snow around it, well, it was certainly getting a lot warmer than that and it began to melt it back. So that that's something you're going to be seeing now as the sun gets warmer, higher in the sky, and longer up in the day. And uh, that will be kind of carrying through for a while. The snow around my house is absolutely littered with the bracts, the seed, the cone scales of the white spruce. Uh, last summer was an absolute mast year for white spruce they put out more seeds than uh, more cones than i have seen in a long 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 time 
and they were uh, the squirrels are definitely up there eating those uh, cones and uh, chewing and chewing them up and kind of spitting out those those uh, those little seed scales the 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 cone scales they're just the 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 ground looks like it's got freckles it's like <laughs> like like looking at one of those little irish boys with the pale white skin and lots of red fre- freckles <laughs> And the last note for this week, uh, I was uh, I was looking out my window on on Sunday, and I was thinking, you know, the I keep a uh, bird feeder out there. I shovel away from the base of the bird feeder. There's a, a 12 inch or 15 inch snowbank there, and that snowbank is just riddled with holes. Because the squirrels come in there and dig into it to get at seeds that have fallen off the feeder. And the voles come in there and have dug all the way to there and pop out and and help themselves to the seeds. And I was thinking, my goodness, it's been a pretty good winter for the voles. They have not had any kind of a of an upset. They're they're doing just fine. <laughs> well, about an hour later, I happened to glance out the window at the exact moment that a barred owl swept in and grabbed a vole. And about 20 minutes later, he came back, it came back and grabbed a second vole. And then it came back and sat on the snowbank right above where the voles were. And it sat there for about a half an hour. And I watched it off and on. And I didn't actually see it make a third attack at that point, but it flew off and then three more times until it got really too dark for me to see it came back and if it was uh if it was even half successful after the first two then it probably went out of there with at least four voles and uh, i think the voles probably learned a, a lesson there that uh, their job really is to just convert sunlight into protein and feed the owl and uh it's been a long winter and the owl has been very patient but boy, he arrived at a target-rich environment at just the right time. And it, it wasn't good for the voles, but I'm sure it was good for the owl. That's the Phenology Show for this week. Look forward to speaking with you again in a week. In the meantime, uh, let me know when the skunk shows up at your house. 